0: God, for all of you bold and bear the storm to stand and to give those testimonies tonight. You may impact somebody that's with you tonight or somebody that uh, knows you. You may have touched their heart. Uh, I know my heart was touched a couple of times tonight by the words, uh, three in particular I can mention, but. It does good to know that the Lord still saves people, and that the Lord still moves upon the hearts of people, and that, uh, boy, I tell you, we ought to just be challenged by that tonight, to serve Him, and to do the best we can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He done something for you tonight that no one else could do when He saved your soul. He done something for you that no one else could do or would do when He saved you. And uh, I can see where a, a small child can get saved and impact his daddy uh, for eternity. And I can see where, uh, as Brother Charles said, that uh, someone hounded him to death until he gave in to God. I can see that. Thank God that there was somebody that hounded, amen, amen, that kept after us, that kept praying for us, amen. and that kept uh, telling us about Jesus. Psalms chapter 100, let's stand for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message tonight. Oh, we're looking at a psalm of praise tonight. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. I want to preach just a little while, God being my helper, a call to praise. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would add your blessing to the reading of your word. Lord, I pray that you will help us all to understand and know that we ought to be a joyful, praising people. God, I pray in Jesus' name that if there's one here lost doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, they just might by some way, form or fashion accept you. And Lord, we'll know that you'll have to do the office work in their hearts for them to come and ask for forgiveness of their sins. Lord, we pray that you would deal with each and every heart. Lord, help us to be here tonight making a joyful noise unto the Lord. God, I pray you'd be with us, minister to us in a special way. I pray you'd bind those opposing forces, those forces of hell. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus against Satan tonight. Give us liberty God to preach your word. We'll surely be careful to thank you, praise you, give you glory and honor for all that's accomplished here tonight. And somewhere along the line be able to bow and say thank you Lord for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, and we may be seated tonight if you can. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Let me stop right there and say I don't count it a dread to preach the gospel. I don't count it a dread to preach his word. I don't count it a dread to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't count it a dread uh, to be working in the vineyard uh, to do something for God. I count it an honor and a privilege. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence "...with singing, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves." In other words, He's the one that put the breath inside of your body. He is the one that put the soul down into your body, till you would come alive and you would be a breathing human being. He is the one that called you out of the muck and the mire if you are saved today." He says uh, He is the one that made us and not we ourselves. Uh, In other words, tonight, if He's made us, uh, He can surely take away what He's given us. Uh, And what I'm saying tonight is He holds your life uh, and He holds your breath uh, in His very hands tonight. Uh, He is the one that gives us life. uh, And He'll be the one that takes that life as we know it here away from us. uh, By the way of the rapture of the church, Shall by the grave as many uh, go out into eternity. Listen to the scriptures, not ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise I believe that ought to challenge you and I as Christians tonight when we come into the house of God it ought not be a place of dread it ought not be a place of dreariness, it ought to be a place to where we can worship a true and living God that created us, that's made us that saved us and boy that ought to light something deep down in your soul tonight that the whole world's not able to understand or to comprehend what God has done for you and I. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting. Thank God His mercy is never going to run out. <laughs> His grace is never going to run out. Uh, matter of fact, by the way of scripture proof tonight, uh, we can prove uh, that when times get difficult uh, and when times get tough, uh, He'll actually pour on grace upon grace upon grace uh, to help you through your time of need. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all nations. Let me get down to business just for a few minutes tonight. Let me say this, and let me say it real carefully, but it comes from a humble heart and a humble spirit. Like dinosaurs, the number of churches in America, the number of great churches in America, seems to be on a steady decline. They're becoming a thing of the past. And when I use the term great church... I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about buildings. I'm not talking about programs. I'm not talking about size. Instead, I'm talking about churches that will serve the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and bring honor and glory to Him. I had been pondering for the last few months This great question that I had problems trying to find the answer to. I've even thrown out the question to you folks, but I never did receive an answer any way, shape, form, or fashion. I began to pray and I asked the Lord, Lord, what makes a great church? Is it the is it the facilities? Is it the people? Is it the salvations? Is it what is it, Lord, uh, that makes a great church? And the Lord just this week, uh, I believe, opened my eyes to a few things uh, that makes a church great. Uh, and a church can be called great. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're running three thousand uh, or thirty people uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, the number is not what makes that church great. Oh what makes a church great? I got it narrowed down uh, to three things. Number one, uh, a great church uh, is a church that prays. That is a church that gets in touch with God and can see the needs of the people met and the needs of the congregation be met by the power of prayer and going unto God and asking Him and pleading and God answering those prayers. That will make a great church. But number two, what makes a great church? It is a church that preaches the Word of God. Listen. There's too many people today uh, that want to tiptoe through the tulips uh, and think they make Mister Big Spender mad, uh, and think that they can just—they think that they can't step on a toe anymore because he's going to make this an upset, uh, and he's going to make that one upset, uh, and that one's going to get their nerves tore up over this, uh, and they're going to get tore up about that. Uh, listen, if it's them thus saith the word of God, uh, we as men of God have to rightly divide the word uh, and preach the truth. Uh, and not tiptoe through the tulips uh, because there is still salvation and a heaven to gain uh, and a hell to shine. Uh, and folks, I'm telling you the truth tonight. Uh, more people that get saved if people would stop p- pandering around the truth. we got to preach the truth. Uh, listen, I, uh, what happened to the drawing power of the Holy Ghost of God? Well, raise your hand if you want to be saved. Raise your hand. Listen, if they're going to get saved and get it right, they need to be drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. A lot of times I've seen evangelists, I've seen singers, they'll stand behind the pulpit and they'll say, if you need to be saved, raise your hand. Okay, say this prayer where you're seeking. Now, I don't know about all that. All I know is the Bible says the Holy Ghost of God, the Spirit of God will draw that individual by the way his convicting power. And my friend, I believe that's the way we make sure it's done. Amen. I believe that when we're saved, we'll be able to stand just like y'all did here earlier. Today tonight and say, hey, look, I know the day when the Lord saved me, when he came down from heaven and pierced my soul and touched my heart. And when that happened, my friend, you know you've got the goods. Amen. Listen, we need more of the goods preached in this world today. Oh, I was talking to a pastor the other day. He's been full time in the ministry. For nearly 30 years. A free will Baptist minister. Been in the ministry for 30 years. Wonderful man of God. He he ministers to people. He preaches the word of God. His church is struggling as we speak tonight. He's had to go get him a job to make ends meet. Because when he gets his check he puts it back in the offering plate. And he goes out and he works and he tries to make ends the best way that he can. And I looked at him one day and I said, Preacher, what's going on Can I do anything to help you? And I felt so small talking to a man so great uh, in that fashion. But I thought I might could offer him uh, some advice. Uh, I said, Preacher, is there anything that we can do for you? Is there anything that we can help you with? Uh, He said, No, son. Uh, There ain't a thing you can do. Uh, Just pray for me. I said, Okay, Preacher. I said, When's the last time you preached on tithing? You you, you said your finances is going so bad. Uh, Well, I just don't preach on tithing a whole lot. Uh, because when I do People get mad at me uh, My friends listen uh, It don't matter how bad people get When you talk about tithing It's in the book uh, We've got to preach it We've got to face it And if you don't do it uh, Your blessings get cut off Amen The Bible even says You're living under a curse uh, Listen I don't want to be in that position one day I'm scared to preach against this I'm uh, Scared to preach against that uh, Because I know uh, That God's going to hold us accountable to preach the entire counsel of the Word of God and we should be able to do so. I preached a message probably 13, 14 years ago and the message got sort of graphic. It was on a Sunday morning and it got graphic because we was Uh, preaching on the sin of abortion in America. And boy, there's this one man got so mad at me and got upset and tore up with me because I made the statement, listen, uh, if those little girls go out and get that abortion, uh, listen, that is a sin against God. That's murder. That's killing that baby. It ought not happen like that. And if she don't repent of her sin, she's going to die and go to hell for murder. I was just plain straightforward. He got upset with me, uh, went and told the board, uh, that preacher better not preach on abortion again. I went to him, I said, what are you talking about? That's murder, that's killing a baby. He didn't have nothing to say. He went on to his car, he got in his car and he left. Come to find out, his granddaughter just had one and he didn't like me preaching about it. I had no clue. The Lord had told me what to preach. I preached it and He got upset about it. Don't get upset with the mailman when He brings you some bad mail. Amen. Right. Oh, uh, listen, do you get upset with the mailman uh, when he brings you your check every month? Uh, do you get upset with the mailman uh, uh, when he sends you and uh, when he when he delivers your, your income tax refund? Uh, no. Uh, you love the mailman. Uh, but boy, when it comes in a bill uh, and that bill's past due, uh, you just decide to leave that one in the mailbox. Huh? Uh, don't leave it in the mailbox. Open it up and give it its due. Amen. Oh, listen. We've got to preach. Uh, If you're a great church, we'll pray. If you're a great church, you'll preach. But thirdly, this is what we're going to get to and preach just a few minutes and we'll go home. A great church is a church that gives praise. Amen. I'm sorry, but I no, I'm not sorry. I don't want to apologize for loving my Lord and letting people know it. Amen, Brother Charles. I don't I'm not apologizing for loving God. And listen, I told Hannah the other day, she had this thing, she had career day at school. And they was asking some of the parents to come and show what you did as your career, you know. And Hannah, she's done switched from a veterinarian to a school teacher. And She's up there giving her little presentation and I'm like, Hannah, you want me to go with you? And she said, Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> and I believe I know why, because a couple of weeks ago she said, Daddy, you scream all the time. <laughs> she was talking about me preaching. <laughs> I scream sometime at the house, Amen. Jonathan said something to me the other day and he didn't realize he was giving me the best compliment in the world. He said, Daddy, we had to uh, rate our parents uh, uh, to our uh, school class. They was either, is it permissive? Right? The choices was, are your parents permissive? Are they authoritative? Are they an authoritarian? Let me describe that to you a little bit. Permissive is... You let them get away with anything they want to get away with. Authoritarian is on the other side of the spectrum. You're strict. You got rules. You lay them down, and ain't nothing going to change it. And then you got that in the middle, sorta, of, called authoritative. I said, well, son, what did you call your mom and daddy? Oh, y'all are definitely authoritarian. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I am. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I don't know how I got off on that, but it's good preaching. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching. Don't get mad at mom and daddy when they try to make your mind. Don't get it mad, mad at mom and daddy when they said no. Listen, they've been there. They've lived that life. They know what's best for you. Listen to your parents. Amen. My parents don't know nothing. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They just don't know. Times has changed. Bless God, my belt ain't changed. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. It'd be a whole lot less hoodlums running around if some of them said spare the belt a little bit and, 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 and whip up on that rear end every once in a while. Huh? Yeah, boy. Ah, that's just the way I see it. I thought I'd preach a minute on it. Amen. A church uh, that's a great church uh, is a church that prays, uh, a church that preaches the Word even though they don't like it when you preach it. And a church that praises. Amen. And I want to uh, give you tonight just for a little while, I want to send forth a call to praise. Amen. And I want to examine four aspects of this call To praise. Number one. I'll try to hurry. But I'm not promising you we'll get out anytime soon. How are we to praise the Lord? I'm glad you asked. Verse number one says with a joyful noise. Amen. Hey, say that again. Amen. (laughs) With a joyful noise. What does that mean, preacher? That means you can praise the Lord through your singing. You can praise the Lord through your shouting. You can praise the Lord through your preaching. You can praise the Lord through through your praying. If you just open your lips and give Him praise. Amen. Oh, listen, I've seen people down through the years uh, that can't carry a tune in a bucket, uh, that get up and try to sing for Jesus, but God be all over them. uh, And you don't know why, and you don't know how, but they blessed everybody. Couldn't sing a lick, but God shows up and helps them. uh, And you don't know what's going on, uh, and then have you look around and everybody's crying. And I've seen some, some down in Florida that could get up there, you know, during the six o'clock singing, and they'll get up there, and they've had these recording contracts, and they've got this, uh, some kind of big name CD that they got trying to promote, and they get up there and they try to sing, and they can sing pretty good. They could probably make a CD and sell two or three of them, and boy, they just, they alright, they just alright, they sounded pretty good. But boy, the Lord wasn't a hundred miles of the place, wasn't a hundred miles of those singers, and my friend, and we can all just leave and say that he didn't get nothing out of it. The Lord made the difference. When the Lord shows up, He likes to show out. Amen. And I I, I see that uh, uh, from time to time. It doesn't matter how great of a singer you are. It doesn't matter how great of a preacher you may be. Uh, My friend, the Lord's got to be in the midst. Uh, He's got to show up uh, and give you help because we'll all fail without Him. Amen. Amen. How do we praise the Lord? With a joyful noise. But verse 2 says, with a glad heart. I don't count it a burden to wave my hands toward glory and say hallelujah, amen. I don't count it a burden uh, to say that I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm blood-bought and washed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Why? Because I'm going to be glad, amen. Listen, I know that the churches are seen as a hospital for the spiritually sick. And that's okay. That's wonderful. But boy, for you and I that are spiritually well. It do us good sometimes uh, to leave all of our problems on the outside of the walls of this church uh, and come in with a clean heart uh, and praise God uh, and allow Him to work in our hearts uh, and work in our lives uh, and just stand and sing glory unto God. Uh, and no matter who looks at y'all funny, they done seen you parked in the parking lot. That's why we're trying to get y'all to park in the back. Amen. Hallelujah. How are we to praise with a joyful noise? With a glad heart. Number two. Why we are to praise the Lord? Because of who He is. Verse 3 says, He is our God. He is our Lord. He is our Elohim. Strong one. He's our Jehovah. The existing one. He's our Adonai. Or Adonai. Meaning he is our master. He is our creator there in verse number 3. He is our shepherd again there in verse number 3. Folks we ought to praise Him Because of who He is But also because of what He is Because if you look down in verse 5 You'll see that He's a good God And He's a merciful God That lasts forever Ain't it good to know That we serve the God of heaven That is good And His goodness will never end His mercy will never fail His mercy will always be with us Hallelujah I'm glad to know That He's still a Merciful God. I'm preaching better than y'all helping me tonight. I've got a bad case that I can't help it, and y'all won't help me. Amen. Y'all won't go home? Two or three said no, so we'll keep right on. Amen. We are to praise the Lord. He is a good God. He is a merciful God. But also uh, in verse 5, you can find out that He's a truthful God. What does that mean, preacher? Oh, listen, if you want to see how you measure up, uh, you measure up against the Lord Jesus Christ. How am I spiritually tonight, preacher? I don't know. Who do I need to measure myself up against, preacher? Not me. Not Brother Damon, not Brother Joe, not Brother Dustin. Don't measure up against us. Measure yourself up against the King of Glory. And let's see where you add up. That's where you measure up at. That's where you find the truth. You see, they can measure up against me if they want to. But that's not going to do them any good. You need to measure up against the Savior. And when you measure up against the Savior, you can find the truthful situation that you're in. And you can find out where... You're growing short. Number three. Where we are to praise the Lord. Psalm 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, where are we to praise the Lord? Everywhere in general. Amen. Amen. You mean we're supposed to praise the Lord at a funeral? Yes, uh, we're here tonight, aren't we? Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Listen, uh, I know some funerals uh, uh, that have broke loose and all-out revival. I've seen it uh, uh, when God come down in the midst of a funeral. uh, And my friend God take over in that place. Uh, I was at a funeral not too long ago. uh, And the preacher was there. uh, And he began to preach over another preacher's dead corpse. uh, And there was at the graveside. He reached down there and he put his hand on that coffin. He said, huh, that ain't no coffin That's just a launching pad. (laughs) Hey, listen, I like that. Just a launching pad to go to glory. There's nothing there that's going to stop you from living just because you're in a box and they drop you six foot under the ground. There's nothing that's going to stop you from living. The question is tonight, where are you going to live? Heaven or hell? Plain and simple. Heaven or hell? Yeah, I believe it's an easy answer for most people. It's about heaven. Who would want to go to a place where the Bible says the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not? Who would ever want to die and go to a place, uh, preacher Damon, uh, that, 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 that the Bible says that the fire is never quenched? And that people gnaw their tongue for pain. Who would want to go to that place where there's total darkness? There's a couple of things in my life that really, really mess me up. One is heights. If I'm holding on to something and don't get too high, I'm okay. But I can cringe by watching the television and watching somebody look down off of a great tall building. You too. I, I can cringe, Brother Damon, just watching television and seeing a mountain climber and he's on top of a rock about as big around as a stool and he's standing up on top of it with his hands raised up in victory. And boy, I get to shimmy in this. I'm like, Whoa. but there's another thing that really bothers me. Unless I'm asleep, complete darkness. complete darkness. If you've ever uh, been to any place uh, and it's a strange place and then the power goes out when you're in there, boy, it'll start messing with your mind. Uh, It'll be like, am I ever going to get out of here? Am I going to be able to to, to weave my way? I can't see a thing. Uh, I'm in total darkness. You see, that's how it's going to be in hell uh, except you're going to have flames licking up at your feet uh, uh, burning you. uh, Listen, a fire that is never quenched means that it's a fire that's going to burn. Forever. And some people, Brother Max, you'll say, Yeah, but once you die and go to hell, you burned up and that's it. No, sir. You're burning forever forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Always burning by the flames of a burning hell. Complete darkness, but yet you're burning. And then you'll have your conscience there according to the Word of God. Because uh, if you remember in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, that man went to hell and he began to think. And I can hear people in hell today, why didn't somebody tell me about Jesus? I could hear him even saying this, Damon. I heard that preacher preach the gospel. I could be in heaven today. But oh, I had to listen to my friends. I had to listen to the devil. I had to turn around and leave the way I came. Instead of going down to an aura of prayer, asking Jesus to come into my heart, I had to do that. Why did you let me die and go to hell? People today think it's all right to live the way they want to live. We've already said it in the Scripture tonight. He created you. If He created you, you belong to Him. But if you reject Him, He'll let you go. I've heard so many times, Damon. Oh, we serve a good God. We serve a gracious God, and I know, I know, without a shadow of a doubt, He will not die and allow me to go to a devil's hell. Oh, listen, that's your, that's the ball in your court. Yeah. It is true. Hell was not made for people. Hell was made originally for the devil and his angels. But due to rejection and due to people uh, choosing the ways of this world, that's where people end up uh, in a place called hell to live forever. See, you've got to understand, your conscious being going to live forever. Yes, right. The Bible teaches us that. The Bible teaches us uh, uh, that we will live forever in one or two places. We are just here for a short period of time. The Bible says we're just sojourners. Uh, uh, We're just passing through. Uh, If you're blessed to live, Sister Bradley said she'd be 82 years old come Wednesday. If God blesses you that long, uh, you've been blessed. Uh, But how do you know you're going to make it as long as she has? You go by the graveyard today, you'll see them 15 years old. You'll see them 18 years old. You'll see them 35. You'll see them 48. You'll see them 98. You'll see them 14. You'll see them 4. You'll see them as babes. Let me make myself clear. Them babies are safe. S-A-F-E in the Lord. But once you grow up and you're old enough to know the difference of right and wrong, God begins to hold you accountable. And I don't know why the Lord's twisted this message around from a call to praise. And I promise you I'm not running rabbits tonight. It may sound like it, but I'm trying to follow Jesus. I don't know what He's doing, but He's doing something. Listen, you don't have to die and go to hell today. Because 2,000 years ago, someone went to an old rugged cross by the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, he willingly gave His life for you. They nailed His hands uh, uh, to the cross. They nailed His feet to the cross. They dug a spear into His side. The Bible said out came blood and water. Uh, they whipped Him. They beat Him. They, whipped, uh, they ripped the flesh from His body. And he done it for me. And he done it for you. People don't see that, Brother Damon. They don't see what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. When Jesus comes back, if He was to come back today, tonight, in this very place in which we sit, if the Lord Jesus was to split the eastern sky and rapture the church, will you go or will you be left here? Don't worry about locking the doors. We won't need the place. Somebody out there may try to need it. Is that good English? May try to need it. It sounds good though to you, don't it? Amen. Praise God. In other words, there may be some people that might try to need it. Same thing, but it sounded better when I slowed it down. In other words, preacher, you believe Jesus is coming soon? I sure do. Do you believe that, that, that Jesus is our way to heaven? Sure do. The only way you're going to get there. Oh, but preacher, I got a long time to live. Oh, listen now. Oh, I got a long time to live, preacher. Ask that 16-year-old in the graveyard if she had a long time to live. Yeah. You never know when you pull out in an automobile that you'll ever make it back home. It is the most difficult thing in the ministry to stand over a corpse uh, uh, that has lost their soul uh, and you not know where they've headed. You don't know if they're lost uh, or were saved uh, or if God granted them mercy to ask for forgiveness before they took their last breath. I'm not taking chances. I'm going to heaven. Listen. We ought to praise the Lord for who He is. Everywhere in general. But the church in particular. Because he said, Enter to his gates with thanksgiving. The thing is, Tonight you can't praise God if you're lost. You won't feel what's going on. You won't comprehend what's going on. You'll just have a little inkling Of what might be happening. Well, preacher, how can I change that? Get into an altar somewhere and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of all of your sin. You mean, preacher, he can, He'll forgive me? I'm here to tell you. He'll forgive you. Wipe the slate clean like it never happened. Right. Right. Write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's one book you want your name in. Amen. Amen. Yeah, boy. I don't got a Facebook account. Don't want a Facebook account. But I do want my name in God's book. Amen. 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 Who are to praise the Lord? Verse 5 says, All generations. We're not all made the same emotionally. Therefore... Not all will praise the Lord in the same manner. I can see an elder preacher I can't remember of his name. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. if I could remember his name, Triman Messer. Some of you probably know him, you've heard him, you remember him. Triman Messer could stand behind the pulpit keep my attention for three hours, not raise his voice hardly one time, and he'd just worship the Lord and praise the Lord just by standing in one spot, not even raising his voice, and by the time invitation comes, people would flock to the altar, and people would come and get their hearts right with God and get their hearts revived. Some people are just different. They're wired different. They're, they're made different. Some will praise with tears. I promise you, I pastored a church for nearly two years or better, and they was not like the folks up here. You walked in there, you thought you was at a funeral. I didn't preach no different than I did then, than I do now. And they'd just look at you and they'd cry. That's all they could do. You didn't have to worry about them. one of them jumping up, brother Joe, shouting glory. You didn't have to worry about one of them getting up and taking a lap around the church like Joe did that time, and that's all right. Praise God. Amen. Listen, they, people are different, and just apparently, just just so happened that whole crowd was different. But they'd sit there and they'd cry, and they'd weep, and they'd wipe their eyes the entire service. And boy, were they praising God. Others are praised with a smile. I can remember from years gone past. Years gone past even when I was a lost man. I could see that young lady right there, Miss Bradley, sitting on the second pew back or the first pew back at the Parkway Church. And I know she wouldn't mind me telling this and I'm not trying to be out of line or anything like that. But I'd see her just lay back her head and put a smile on her face to heaven. And every once in a while them arms go up toward God. And I knew that she had something that I wanted. And it was salvation. I knew it. It was different. It was different. Some may weep. Some may smile. Some may jump a pew. Some may laugh. Some may shout. But the important thing is tonight, as we get busy praising the one that's worthy Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not me that's worthy of praise. No, sir. It's the God of heaven that died on that old rugged cross that would allow you and I as sinners to come to a place of submission before Him and ask Jesus into our hearts. We have nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. We have nothing to be ashamed of. Listen, I'm telling you, people are coming out of the closet every day. They're not ashamed of who they are. It seems like they've come out of the closet and most of the Christians run and hid in the closet. We don't need to hide in the closet. We need to get it out and let people know. I'll never forget the day. It might have been about two and a half years ago. I was riding down the road... God got a hold of my heart. I don't know why. I just started weeping and I started crying and I stopped at the red light and God got on me so good I got out of the car and I made about three or four laps around the car and I said, Thank you, Jesus. And I hopped back in the car and I pulled off and everybody's sitting there at the red light going, Who is this nut? <laughs> He's a madman." <laughs> I ain't crazy. <laughs> oh, most noble Festus, I'm not crazy. I'm not mad. Listen, nothing wrong with praising the Lord. He deserves our praise. Whether it be by praise, shout, or prayer. Folks, we ought to be a praising church. If you don't have anything to praise Him for today, you've got to be lost you don't have anything to be thankful for tonight in order to give Him praise, honor, and glory, you've got to be lost and on your way to hell without Jesus. Can I say this tonight and say it boldly? And I hope and pray God never turns His blessings off on me. But you know, if He never did bless me one more time, I could honestly say, He's blessed me enough. Right. And I hope it don't. I don't think He will. But listen, if He did, I could say I've been blessed enough. He done what he said he was going to do. Yep. Came, died for me, and saved me. Yep. But you got to make sure you're going to that place called heaven, too, before you're able to praise. We all got something to be thankful for. Amen. We all got something to praise the Lord about. Find that song back there. I got so much to thank him for. Let's play that tonight. Let's stand over this building. I'm done, I think. For you that eat you, you'll you'll be able to make the Waffle House, I promise you. Amen. I love you tonight. I appreciate each and every one of you. Don't say it enough, but it's true. I do love you. But we've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got got a lot to praise Him for. We've got a lot to uh, shout it out about. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul said. And neither should you be ashamed either. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. If you need, have a need in your heart and your life, you come and you pray. If you're here, this is the most important thing. Listen up. Every year, please listen. If you don't know for a fact that when you leave this world, If you you don't know for a fact that when you leave this world, you're going to heaven, let me encourage you to just step right out of where you're sitting, where you're standing. Meet one of us preachers down here. We'll show you the Roman road to heaven, show you how to be saved and your sins be forgiven. Don't leave this building lost tonight. We've got so much to thank Him for. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I come to you as humble as I know how. Lord, thanking you for your goodness, your mercy, that everlasting goodness and mercy. Oh, God, I thank you for everlasting salvation. Lord, I pray that you will deal with the hearts of the people of this church. And God, as I present the message tonight, I know that there were some things thrown in there that only came from you. And Lord, if it came from you, I know someone needed to hear it. And Lord, if there is someone in our presence lost and their, their assurance is not sure that heaven would be their home, God, may they come and not be ashamed. Oh, Lord, may we give you praise in this building tonight. Amen. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen and amen. You come if you've got a need, okay? Hallelujah. Listen! Don't let the devil trick you and tell you you got all the time you need. How hey, you know you got all the time that you need? I got so much to thank Him for. Got so much to praise Him for. Oh, listen! You ought to give Him praise tonight. You ought to give Him praise that He deserves and the glory and the honor. If you're here lost tonight, we're gonna to pray specifically for you. Pray and ask God to save you.